Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. And we're back with another Moms Moving On, and I'm so excited you're here because I have somebody on the show today who, first of all, I can't believe she said yes, because I've been following her and watching her kind of launch herself into a whole nother stratosphere professionally uh, for probably a good four years now. She's beautiful, but more than that, she's gone from being top of her game in the corporate world to having to start again. She's divorced. She's an author. She literally like hangs out with Gary Vee. You guys have no idea. It's Heather Monahan. You probably already follow her. If you don't, you need to because her smile speaks volumes, but the quotes she adds to that smile will literally put your day on the right track. And there's so much you can learn from her. So Heather, hello. Thank you for being here. Stop it. Of course you knew I would do your show. What are you talking about? I don't know. You're like, just like, oh God, I don't know. You're everything to me. Oh, I'll stop never forget. My friend, like, stop it. You'll never forget when you're like, hi, do you want to have lunch at Makoto? I'm like, favorite restaurant, favorite person I follow? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that was just the beginning. I mean, listen, you've been such a great friend, such a supporter. And then as we spent other times at different interesting events and were able to, you know, laugh at and with each other, we always have a good time. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I'm excited you're here. Um, Most recently, you became an author. You have The Confidence Creator. Um, I don't know where to start. Actually, let's start from the very beginning. Before there was The Confidence Creator, before there was Heather Monaghan, the personality that we see and love on Instagram, what happened? Yeah. So I grew up poor in Worcester, Massachusetts, one of four kids. And the one thing I learned when I was a kid was hustle. Just I didn't want to be on food stamps like my mother. I just didn't want to struggle the way I saw my mom struggle. She worked three jobs to make ends meet as a single mother. And so I just all, you know, I had a paper route, then fast food restaurants, then waiting tables, then, you know, bartending. And then I ended up in the wine business. I got sexually harassed there and I left. And that was an interesting redirect because it led me to the radio business where I became an equity partner when I was 25. I took a $25 million property and turned it into a $55 million property in under three years. And I made a lot, a lot of money, but then don't worry. I lost it all in my divorce, but um, (laughs) good times, good times. Told you guys you were going to love her. Oh my gosh. It's tons of fun. So I left there. I went to a publicly traded company. I pitched myself for a job that didn't exist, VP of sales. I was awarded that position and I took a hundred dollar million, a $100 million annually billing company and grew that into in excess of $200 million annual billing. I was a chief revenue officer. I was there 14 years won tons of awards. And a couple months, two months before I got fired, I was named one of the most influential women in radio. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was fired when the CEO that I worked for for 14 years became ill. He elevated his daughter to replace him. And she was, you know, she saw me as a threat. She was basically my arch nemesis. So during all that time, 
while I was at that company, I gave birth to my, I got married, gave birth to my son. And then immediately within one year got divorced. I gave up all of my wealth in my divorce, which I don't, people ask me all the time if I regret, I do not regret it. You know, it, I hated the divorce process. I hated the fighting. It, that's not my thing. I'm a super positive person. And so I don't like negativity around me. And I just knew, listen, I bet on me all day. I, I know how to create income. I know how to create money. I'll, I'll find a way back. However, which is super interesting is that that was 2008. So that was the recession. And I was running this company, that, a national company. I, I flew every week you know, across the country for my job. I was now a single mother. I have shared custody with my ex-husband. And I was completely wiped out. I had no money in the bank. And I own a very nice condo on South Beach, on the ocean, on the water, because I had a lot of money. And all of a sudden, everyone started going bankrupt in my building. So there was a huge assessment. Then I went to work the next day and they cut, you know, whatever. We ended up having to let 25% of our employees go to save the company. And then they cut my pay at work because you know, take one for the team. It was for the longevity of the company. And so I got into this really tough spot for a while between 2008, 2009. And, you know, I took it day by day and ultimately built myself back. And, and then as I had mentioned before, you know, I got back to the top of my game again, financially was doing great. And then I got fired and that was a little over two years ago. Now, the first thing I did was I wrote and self-published my first book, Competence Creator, which Trump Trump for number one in business biographies. Yes, Trump and Trump. I know. I love, I love that screenshot. It's my favorite. I just posted about it on LinkedIn today, actually. And then I, from there, I started speaking to sell books and then I got picked up as a professional speaker. I had spoken in corporate America for 20 years, but I didn't know you could get paid. And then I, that became my number one revenue stream. And then from there, I created my podcast, Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan on Apple Podcasts, launched that. And a bunch of other you know, craziness has ensued. And, and here we are today. Well, and so this is why I've been, I think, attracted to you and your style of doing things from day one, because you are just a mover and a shaker and you... You, you know when things are going to fall apart and when they're going to implode. Because every time I hear your story, obviously this isn't the first time I hear it. It's like, I'm hearing myself. Like you, you smell disaster coming, like those animals that know the tsunami's coming before the people do and they like seek higher ground. Yeah. <laughs> and you always have a plan. And like a cat, you always land on your feet. And I feel like every time we talk, like you've done something else, something else amazing, but at the same time, something else changes in your personal life and you just keep on going. And that's like the whole platform for what I'm trying to push here is like, keep it moving. What do you think, do you think the drive for that comes from? Is it motherhood? Is it, was it your upbringing? Like, what is it? Yeah. So it's, in, well, first of all, when I'm hearing you say that, I want to make sure everyone understands it's not easy, right? Like none of this has been easy. It's been super hard. And I don't want people to think, you know, that I wake up and every day is roses and I wake up with beautiful makeup and hair blown out. Hell no. You know, I wake up at 545 in the morning, rushing out the door with my 12 year olds fighting because he's running late and I have to get him to the bus for 630 drop off. And, you know, it, it's complete chaos and it's super stressful. However, you know, I'm just a very type A driven 
person. And, and I, I guess that really, you know, I did not have a great childhood. And I, I believe that that stems back from my childhood, just that, that sense of I'm never, I don't want to have scarcity. I don't want to suffer. I don't want, you know, to, to be poor. I guess that, that idea that just keep taking action, you know, keep getting back up, go for bigger, that momentum touches all aspects of my life. And, and I guess it really comes from that, from my childhood. So you're getting divorced and losing your job at the same time. No, what happened. No. no. So I was getting divorced and the recession hit and I was leading the sales organization at my company that time. And we had to lay off 25% of the employees and I had to take a pay cut. I stayed at that company for another decade after that. And then a decade later, I got fired. Okay. All right. So you were stable and on your feet throughout the divorce process, giving up all your money to your ex-husband. <laughs> yeah, but that was not, it was not a good time. And you have one son who I've seen kind of grow up through Instagram. How old is he? He's 12. He's 12 now. Oh, he's a little man. He really big is. man, really. <laughs> what is your, um, what's your time sharing situation? So we have a split custody. I guess pretty much everyone in Florida has that, I, I believe. Uh -huh. And yeah, <laughs> you know, so, sure <laughs> so he gets three nights a week and I have four, but I will say my ex-husband's remarried and has two more kids. And that has been a blessing. I mean, there's, of course there's challenges like you know, anyone has, but for me, that's been good because my son has had the experience to have siblings, which is so cool. I had always wanted to have another baby and, and I didn't. And so I'm so glad that he, even though it's not, you know, with me that he's getting to have that great experience at his father's house. And that speaks volumes to the type of woman that you are, that you are in favor of these changes in his life, not intimidated by them because so many women are the opposite. Like, can you believe? And now there's a new woman and there's kids and da, da, da. This is the best possible outcome for him. And you see that, which is another reason why I love you because there's two types of women in every divorce situation, as you know, there's the you and the me who see the good in this and then the moms who don't. And so that's such a benefit for him on top of the fact that he gets to live with a mom who just doesn't take no for an answer and just keeps going. Yeah. You know, I, I'm listening to you say that. And I know, of course, we both know those women, right? I've got a lot of empathy for those women because here's what I see. Again, none of the stuff that I did was easy. It's hard as all get out. And there were times I'll never forget. My son told me that his stepmom was pregnant and I just started crying, you know, like there, it hurts. Cause I was, I felt jealous, you know, I, that was something I wanted. So of course, you know, I'm a normal person. I've had my moments where, well, they have a nicer house than I do and they have dogs and kids and, you know, and I live alone when my son's not here. And, you know, there's moments where it, it, it hurts. And you, of course, I think it's, it's, it's normal to feel that envy. However, you can't stay in that, you know, jealous moment too long or it becomes part of your identity. And that's really unattractive as a person. And I've just learned that, you know, I don't like that energy. I don't like the negative energy that that puts out there. And instead, okay, I might not have had another baby, but I'm super blessed to have one healthy one. So many people don't even get that. And I'm so lucky to have this amazing one-on-one -on -one time with my son. When he goes there, he gets siblings and, you know, two dogs and two parents. And so that's a cool, different experience. But when he's here, he gets a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention and support. And, you know, so it, it's so interesting to me that he's getting to lead these very different lives, which make 
him more developed and deeper as a person. So I, I just try to celebrate the positives of it. Well, my therapist actually shed light on the fact that, because, you know, we all worry, like, how is this co-parenting thing and blended family thing going to affect our children when it's, it does affect them, but all for the good. Children of healthy co-parenting relationships actually end up better off than kids in typical you know, two-parent normal homes because of the fact that they learn to adapt, they learn to be independent, yes. they learn to compartmentalize, you know, they're living two different lives essentially, and they do it healthily and with happy people. So it's just such a benefit to them. And it's great that you support that. But I wouldn't expect anything less from the confidence creator. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the book and yeah. what led you to writing that? Sure. So I, one of the things that I did was really smart when I got fired, I posted on LinkedIn. Well, first of all, I had been investing in myself for a couple of years prior to getting fired. That was sort of the catalyst for getting fired. But I encourage everyone to do this, you know, invest in yourself, you know, really make that commitment to putting your best foot forward, whether it's just be a professional photo of yourself, but, you know, be the one that's holding the pen when telling your story, create your reputation online and be proud of your accomplishments. So I had started doing that two years before I got fired. When I got fired, I posted, holy cow, I just got fired after 14 years at the same company and continue U.S. advancement, awards, and success, I was told that I no longer have a spot on the team. I'm really hurting and I need your help today. And that post went viral. And I had so many wonderful opportunities as a result. One of them was from Froggy from the Elvis Duran show. He tweeted at me and he said, can I help you? And one of the things I've learned is when someone asks to help you, convert in that moment. Do not let that moment pass by because people will get busy and they'll move on. So I said, yes, can you get, book me on the Elvis Duran show as a guest? I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. I just knew that I needed to reach a broader audience. I remember he that. Did, <laughs> he got me on that yeah. show. And it was crazy because halfway through the interview, Elvis said, well, obviously you're writing a book, but I wasn't. <laughs> and it was just hearing how confident he was that I, in me and that, that, I, that I had a book in me made me feel hey, maybe I do. Maybe this is something I can do. I jumped on the plane. I Googled, how do you write a book? And it basically said, just sit down and write. So I just started writing. And at first I wrote about how much I hated that witch that fired me. But within a week, I started seeing that I was writing about all the different times in my life when I had been arrested and I bounced back from that, when I had gotten divorced and I bounced back from that, my crappy childhood bounced back from that. You know, So I started realizing I was writing about all of these low moments in my life and how I learned to create confidence from them and basically launch from those places to more successful opportunities. That's amazing because I remember when I saw you post about going to New York for the show, I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't even think she realizes her life is about to change. Like everything's about to change for her. And I was so excited for you. And I just, like I said, I've seen you blossom. I've seen you tackle one thing after the next. And when the book came out, I felt the same way. Like, okay, finally we get to hear her story and we get to learn from this person who's inspiring millions of us and she doesn't even realize it. Um, and then you speak to you and you're like so humble about it, which is great. What is, you know, the, the relationship between you and the woman that fired you? I think that that, you know, we can, it's, we can generalize that to being in a bad marriage, a bad relationship. Yeah. Somebody comes into your life and you're not expecting them to turn it upside down. What was your 
you know, obviously you knew right away this relationship was toxic for you. How did you sort of gear up to take, you know, the next step? Yeah. So, all right. What you just made me think of is my new TEDx talk, which just came out. So if you haven't seen it yet, please go to YouTube and type in Heather Monaghan TED Talk. And it's 10 minutes. I literally lay out exactly what happened, where I went wrong and where I went right with that situation. I had, and, and that's exactly what it was, Michelle. It was a bad relationship. Someone treated me poorly someone, you know, talked down to me, ignored me, put unrealistic expectations, like get on a flight 10 days after you give birth and go to work, which I did, you know, and I talk about in my TED talk that, listen, it's not up to us how people treat us, but it is up to us how we respond. And what I was doing to myself during those years, working with this woman, turning a blind eye to her bad behavior is I was chipping away at my confidence. I was becoming a lesser version of me. In because hope- you teach people how to treat you. Exactly. And I was also hoping that if I got smaller, maybe she'd feel bigger and then she wouldn't be threatened. Yeah. However, what I've learned is that had, when you make yourself smaller, it has zero effect on somebody else. In fact, it just made her nastier and she would take her toxic attitude and just come more aggressively and meaner at me. And, you know, and it was just this it was a snowball effect that I wasn't watch. It didn't happen like in one second. It happened over a couple of years time. And by the time I realized it was happening, I said, okay, I've got to get really focused here. How can I bring back my confidence? And I was in the advertising business for 20 years. I decided to run an advertising campaign for me, by me, to me. And I did it successfully within 30 days by the time, by the day that she fired me. So when she actually did fire me and she called me in and tried to intimidate the heck out of me and bully me into signing a release, I didn't sign it. And I really took back my power that day and I stood up to that villain. And when I walked out of there, I was petrified because I didn't know where my next paycheck would come from. But I'll tell you this, I felt so freaking proud of me. And from that day forward, it hasn't been easy, but it's been meaningful and just different in my life. And I think that's because I really stepped into my confidence and into who I really am. And how grateful are you now that she entered your life? I mean, in hindsight, it was obviously one of the best things that ever happened to you. I don't know. Everyone says that. I don't, I'm, I don't like that time in my life where I was letting myself be bullied by someone, where I was letting myself be harassed, ignored, treated at such a subpar level. I, I look back on that and I just, I do have a sense of feeling bad for me that, you know, I made the wrong choice for a long time. Granted, I corrected it. However, that was not like, that's not something I'm proud of that I look back on. I'm proud I got bullied for a few years. That was crap. You know, so I, if there was a way I could take it back, I wish I could go back as strong me now to those situations. Cause I will tell I'm sure I would have gotten fired a lot sooner, but I would have stood up to that wench so much earlier when this whole thing started. Right. And we all learn from those lessons, like the things we could have done, right? Like I think about in my because I left my own career because of a wench also, Com- completely, <laughs> completely threw away years of education and master's degrees and all the time and energy I'd put into a career just because one person made me feel horribly about myself. I look back and I'm like, I could have told her you know, where to shove it. And I could have, but you know what? I didn't. And because I didn't, it led me to here. And I'm like, I hope one day I run into this bitch at Starbucks and I can, <laughs> I can 
can be like, oh, it's you. How are you? Thank you so much. In the same light. Yeah, but I wonder if you really would because- I would because I'm I'm very scared of confrontation. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I- I don't, I'm not necessarily scared of confrontation. However, my mindset was so bad back then. I ran into the, this woman, her right-hand man or right-hand woman was the general counsel and they were just awful. They both hated me and treated me terribly. I ran into that GC on a flight from LA two months ago. And it was so interesting to me what I observed about my own behavior. When I saw her, I got nervous. I started shaking. I felt exactly like how I used to feel, you know, a decade ago when they were treating me badly. I didn't feel like me. I felt like that old watered down version of me. And it took me sitting on the plane, messaging one of my old employees saying, oh my God, she's on my plane. Da, 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 da. And the guy hit me back and said, Heather, she's a tool. Always has been, always will be. What's wrong with you? Be lucky you don't work with her. It took him talking me out of this mindset I was letting myself go back to. And it was really creepy. Well, and I find that in divorce, you know, for a lot of women that happens too. like, you finally get out of this relationship and now it dawns on you, you have to co-parent and you never mastered the, obviously communicating with this person, otherwise you'd still be with them. And now you run into co-parenting with them. And I find for me, I, I cower the same way sometimes because I'm like, okay, I was never able to fight this battle in our marriage. Now I have to fight it for my kid. And it, it rattles me all over again. Do you feel that right. that happens to you, you know, in the divorce front or you don't know? No, not in my divorce. No, I've been divorced now for 10 years. So it, it's so far beyond that. We, for the most part, he and I get along and co-parent pretty well, but I, I'll tell you, I give him credit for a few things. He put boundaries in with me real fast. I, I didn't have boundaries. I would w- boss him around. I would act like he was still, you know, my husband right. and I, I could tell him. <laughs> and one day I'll never forget, he was dating his now wife. And he said to me, you cannot call me at nighttime. You cannot tell me what to do. You can, if you have a request, you know, he, he really created these very black and white boundaries in regards to how our life was going to be moving forward. And at first I was super annoyed and I thought that was ridiculous, but in, in the long run, it paid off because because we, we don't talk on the phone very much, which I think is helpful. If we need to get a hold of each other, we text. And if we have to talk, we pick a, you know, like sometime during the day when we're both at work that we can jump on a quick call, resolve whatever it is and move on. So it, it's really kind of freed up my personal space and his so that we can have our separate lives yet still come together, almost like a business dealing around our child. I mean, if there's an emergency, we get a hold of one another, but that really, it really helped and it helped separate that you know, that past emotion. I I don't, I definitely don't get nervous around him at all. I love what you said um, because the best advice I ever got from my own attorney when I was going through the divorce process was to treat things like a business. Um, You know, you have no obligation to him other than to share a child. And so many women will reach out to me and say, you know, I'm so scared to tell him I'm dating someone new. You don't even have to tell them. It's none of their business. (laughs) And that's exactly what I say. But I also remember being in that place because I met my now husband two months after my separation. So I, I, I don't know. I was still wrapped up in this mindset where like, I felt obligated to tell him. And my lawyer was like, you, this is now a business partner. Your business is your child, (laughs) right? right? He's on a need to know basis. If he, just like you wouldn't go to work and tell your boss, oh my God, I'm so hungover. Like, (laughs) 
you're not going to, you're not going to call your ex-husband and shoot the shit like you might've done when you were still together. So need to know basis. And I think it's so important that you said that business part of it, there doesn't need to be much more communication than what time are you dropping off? Where is the trip going to be to? And how much do I owe you for his books from school? Because if you think about it, the divorce is the death of your relationship. There's no more relationship. And I try so hard to help people see that now that I've finally accepted that. But, you know, it's very hard sometimes for people to shake that emotion. And I get it. Everybody leaves for different reasons or is left for different reasons. Well, I mean, it's as hard as we choose to make it, right? It's like we can look at it. And, and I know the closer you are to something, the more emotion is around it. But you can you can meditate. You can work out. You can tap. You can go to therapy. Like there's so many ways to break out of that. It's just about taking action and figuring out what works for you. Let's go back to the book for one second. When you speak, are you speaking to individual groups of women? You're going into large corporations. You're on other podcasts. Like, tell us where the book has taken you. Yeah, so the book, you know, launched my speaking career, which now it's been crazy. In September, I spoke at the Hypergrowth Conference and I interviewed Sarah Blakely and Jesse Itzler live on stage, which was surreal. I have spoken for BNY Mellon, um, MGM in Las Vegas. I've spoken for the WNBA. I mean, I've spoken at Harvard. I mean, it, it's crazy. My speaking career has just completely exploded as a result of the book. I didn't know there was a career there. I just wanted to promote my book. And then the other thing I found out was when you go on podcasts as a guest, that's another great way to promote your book. So I started going on so many podcasts from the lady gang to Dr. Drew to Caitlin Bristow to Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, I've just, I've been all over this country on so many different podcasts and it's really uh, helped me build momentum with the book and now with, with my show as well. And what is it, what is the one thing you hope that people, I'm assuming you want people of both sexes to read your book, but if we're talking to moms and we're talking to women who are just starting to move on and really have to find that confidence again, what is like the one big thing you hope they would take away from reading your book if they chose to do that? Confidence is created in any moment and in every moment you're either chipping away at it or you're creating more within you. And it's a choice. No one is born with it. Don't buy into that BS because it's not true. And you can, there can be ebbs and flows. You can have a bad day or something negative happen and your confidence dips. That's okay. It's totally normal. This too shall pass. You will see it's temporary. And there are action steps that you can take that you can start feeling good about to help you build that muscle up again. I love that. All right. So here's how I I like to end things because somehow we just blew through 30 minutes. Um, What is one piece of advice you would give to your former self or a woman who is on the brink of losing it all and having to start over again? You know, I interviewed Ed Milet on my podcast last week, and he taught me something that I hadn't thought about before. This is what he told me. One of the greatest ways to create confidence within you is to never break a promise to yourself. So this is something just about you, and it's very personal. And I I had to think long and hard about what he was saying, but here's what I came up with. 
I used to go to work and work alongside that woman and she would treat me terribly and I'd come home crying and saying, I'm not going to let this happen again. I feel terrible. I need to leave there. I can't take this. But I'd go right back again and let the same thing happen the next day. And I was constantly breaking a promise to myself that I would no longer tolerate bad behavior, that I would do something about it, whether it be leave or stand up for myself. I didn't do either one. And when I kept doing that, I was in a cycle of just chipping away at my confidence every day. And so what I would say is take a look at your life and what are those promises that you're breaking to yourself and let's put a plan together to stop breaking them no matter how small it may be because those small little steps will build momentum for you to get you going in the right direction. I love that, Heather. I love, love, love it. And I love the, you know, a lot of people talk about all these things they do and can do and you literally like exude it, like it comes out of your pores when I hear you speak. So... There is no faking the funk here with Heather Monahan. You really have to check her out. Um, the book is on Amazon. I'm sure you can find it linked in her Instagram profile at Heather Monahan. Uh, she's got the podcast. Where can we find the podcast? It's on Apple Podcasts. It's called Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. And where are you speaking next? And how can we find you live? I'm at some private event in Palm Beach this month, but I I think that in February, I, I believe I'm speaking at a conference, but you can always find all the details on where I am at heathermonahan.com. I have an email list you can sign up for, and each week you'll get an email with my new podcast and where I'll be speaking so you can catch me there. Love that. Make sure to sign up and don't forget to check out her um, TEDx talk on YouTube. Just Google her name. Heather, thank you. I feel more confident. Yay! (laughs) That makes me so happy. All right. You're the best. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed this and um, go be confident. There's There's nothing stopping you. There's nothing that has ever stood in your way of feeling good other than your own mind. So tell that nasty witch in your mind to just back off and and go live your best life. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong. 